Hello, and you're listening to Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. And right now, I want to ask you about last time. Okay. <laughs> you were talking, you left us one thing at the close of the program, and it, it was to think about, are you busy with lifestyle, or are we busy with life? Which isn't? Yeah, in fact, the way that the, I really like for people to think about that is, are you busy at home or busy with a lifestyle? Because too often, women and the relationships, marriage, tend to focus too much on getting the income so they can have a lifestyle rather than doing it as God's way. Okay, well, you must have pricked a nerve because we got some response in. And in, in a nutshell, the comments basically said this, can a woman have it all? I totally believe you can. But it depends on your who said so. Let me cover that right after we pray, though. Lord, thank you so much that you provide the wisdom and everything that we need for life and godliness here and now. And I pray that we'll pay attention to you as our who said so in your precious name. Amen. Amen and hallelujah. So are you busy with a lifestyle or are you busy with life? Mm -hmm. Can women have it all? If you pay attention to Titus chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, you will see that everything that God is asking of an older woman and of a younger woman is, is what's best. It's actually the best thing for them. So I would state that since God has stated to us in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, that he has given us everything for life and godliness, that I would answer that question, absolutely. But there is a better passage that we can look at to show that a woman can have it all. Now, most people will think about that from the viewpoint of, can I have a career and be this CEO and also have a life with my family to make make that be my all in all? Is that wrong? I think most people would be asking the question from that viewpoint. And the way that God would be answering that question is, yes, you can have it all, but it wouldn't necessarily fit the way that you think all should be working. That's how I would answer it. Because when you go and look at the Proverbs 31 woman, when you look at the Titus chapter 2 passage, you will see terms that some women would not consider as having it all, even from the viewpoint of being discreet, chaste, good, virtuous. Those might not be some words that some women would particularly gravitate toward. Well, Herman, they're archaic, aren't they? <laughs> That's what some people would say. They would end up saying, well, those are words that we just don't have anymore. And culture is the most important thing. We don't have that as an important issue. Oh, so there we are. Culture wants to trump Bible again. That's right. We will end up doing that instead of letting God and his word be our who said so. Our who said so is God's word. Are we paying attention to it or are we not? And it's critical that we look at God's word because he knows what's best. He's perfect. Let's just go to Proverbs 31 okay. and look at six elements of a Proverbs 31 woman. Some people refer to this passage as the ideal woman. Maybe, maybe. It certainly is a definition or description of an amazing woman. There's no doubt about that. Some people will even say this woman never lived. It was just a, a, a an ideal that was promoted. Uh, even so, it's in God's word and it's something that we would want a woman to be looking at and saying would be very important. So instead of reading each one of the passages, let me just list all six and then we will talk about each one of those in detail. First, she's a trustworthy wife. Second, 
She's a diligent homemaker. Third, she's a generous neighbor. Fourth, she's a wise teacher. Fifth, she's a devoted mother. And sixth, she's a praiseworthy person. So those are the six elements that you would have of a Proverbs 31 woman. Okay. So what we have here is trustworthy wife. I love the passages here that you can see uh, as it relates to a trustworthy wife. Look at this. Proverbs 31, 11 says, the heart of her husband trusts in her. Wow. That would be a phenomenal phrase for a husband to say toward a wife and for a wife to be acting in such a way to receive that type of a phrase. That'd be an amazing type of a situation. Can I take a bunny trail here for just a second? Sure. When we have trust, mm-hmm. are we not empowering freedom into the relationship? That there's energy that wasn't previously there? And, and I'm saying that only because many people come knocking on the door because they're living, as you say, a return on investment relationship or mm-hmm. quid pro quo, this for that. If I suddenly trust and I trust God, not just that other person, right? I'm not trusting them. Is that correct? That's right. I'm trusting God. Therefore, they have the freedom to choose wisely, choose poorly. Mm-hmm. I'm going to lose them any, or I'm going to love them anyway. Right. If you are trusting, you do provide the avenue for freedom to operate in their life because you're basically saying, I'm going to trust them. Now, what happens too often is when they violate your trust, you do need to put boundaries around that because you're not going to go back and allow that much freedom next time until until things are squared away. Well, thank you for entertaining my question. So on that bunny trail, if I want to learn more about that, I go to the website, greatrelationships.com, and that's in chapter what? If you go to the Freedom chapter, chapter 8, it's covered in there in some forms. It's not explicitly covered in there, but that would be a place that you could talk about it okay, or again, see some issues about it. That's greatrelationships.com, GR numeral 8, relationships.com, chapter, chapter eight. 8. This issue of a, a uh, Proverbs 31 woman being a trustworthy wife, the heart of the husband trusts in her, uh, she is somebody that he is not questioning as to what her values are. She is trusting in her who said so to make her actions be such that fit God's desires. Secondly, in, in Proverbs thirty-one twelve, she does him good and not evil all the days of her life. That is an amazing statement, too, because notice what it says. It's not saying she does him good and not evil all the days of her life as he treats her well. It's not saying that at all. It's, it's simply saying she does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She has her husband's best interests at heart. She's practicing the solution for great relationships, which is pursue the best for others, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. You know, I, there's not a Proverbs 31 study that I've seen go on in a church or a community where I'm at where a large group of women walk out and say they're just teaching me to tolerate my husband's behavior and somehow... God's pleased with that. That's not what's being said at all. Well, it's not. Anytime we talk about toleration, this is such a great, great discussion, especially in today's society. We're being told that toleration is so important. Toleration used correctly is a good word, but it's being used incorrectly from this viewpoint. I cannot say something about somebody else's behavior that is seen as judgmental and intolerant. 
That's not the way God deals with life. He asks us to look at evil and call it evil. He's not asking us to look at evil and say, oh, that's not all that bad. I'm going to tolerate it. I'm going to put up with it. That is incorrect way for us to deal with each other as believers in Christ. That is an incorrect way. If I tolerate, I don't love. That's a strange statement, isn't it? Yes, it is. If I'm tolerating, I may not be loving because love is specifically saying I'm going to pursue the best for them. And you know what? What's best for them isn't necessarily me holding my mouth shut and not telling them about something that they are doing incorrectly. Is that judging them? It could be. But at the same time, I can love somebody and tell them something that's really wrong in their life. So I don't approve of this. I love you. Now let's go on. Yeah. Wow. Thank you, Herman. And before we go, I want to invite you to drop us a line at Great Relationships, P.O. Box 51836. That's Post Office Box 51836, Midland, Texas, 79710. Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. GreatRelationships.com is the website, GRNumerateRelationships.com. We'll be back right after this. Great quotes from God's Word for great relationships. Be kindly, affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another. Romans 12:10 Great relationships pursuing the best in work in life in love right thinking right relationships right now You know how you're always praying for a sign from God that you're meant to go to seminary this is your sign Seriously I'm here to tell you about Grace Grace School of Theology It's free grace based The professors are world-class. It's accredited, accessible, attainable, and oh yes, it's affordable. You can even complete your entire degree online, which means you don't have to move. Wouldn't it be great to have a deeper knowledge of the Word of God? Write this down, www.gsot.edu, G-S-O-T. Edu, or call 877-476-8674, 877-476-8674. Now get going, now! We're back. You're listening to Great Relationships. That's grnumeral8relationships.com on the website. If you've missed a program, you can tab it there on the radio tab, or you can go ahead and look at any of the wonderful material. We've been talking about freedom, and that's discussed in Chapter 8, but the truth is we're actually in Chapter 3. Right. We're in Chapter 3, the third section of Chapter 3, Real Women, and this is going to be at the very, very end of that section. Okay, well, we started this program off by saying, you know, can women have it all? That was a question from some of the listeners. But right before the break, you said something really cool, and I need to ask you about this. You said, if I tolerate, I don't love. I, I really, I can't state it categorically. I can certainly say, 
if you tolerate, you may not be loving. That's for sure. Because as we were saying right before the break, if I'm tolerating, if, for instance, if you looked at me and you saw very clearly that I was in sin, but you believe the world's mentality to say, oh, I just need to tolerate. I can't sit here and judge him. That would allow you to move away from love, not into love, because love would be actually seeking my best. Yes, you could be judgmental toward me. That's a very high likelihood for all of us. But if you were loving, you would look at me and go, what's what's his best? What's best for him is for him to know that he's in sin. And he may know that, but he may also need to hear it from me. So I'm actually loving him by saying to him, Herman, that's just not good behavior. That is not what God would want out of you. Well, it almost seems like at least in the North American lifestyle, things are just running downhill real Mm -hmm. quick. Mm -hmm. So as you're saying this, I'm willing to bet every one of us has something that's coming to mind where we're seeing something that we believe is morally, ethically wrong. Right. We're being asked to tolerate it. And there's confusion with how do I love this person? How do I respect? How do I serve when I know they're doing something that stands contrary to my faith? Well, it, let me let me give the great quote from Arch, Archbishop Chaput again, because it is so, so good. Evil preaches tolerance until it's dominant. Then it tries to silence good. Now, just think about that. If you are being taught, now I can't say anything to Herman because that would appear to be intolerant. Therefore, you are actually being silenced to be talking about something that would actually be for my good. And that is exactly what Satan wants us to be doing. Satan wants us to get to this place where we have all these euphemisms related to sin. He wants us to have all these words related to sin, but not be treating it as sin. It's it's just something that's a lifestyle. This is just the way that people are to be, and it's it's okay to be this way. That means that you have trusted in someone or something other than God, because God at that point in time is not your who said so. God, as the who said so, is specifically saying that there is a distinction between what is sin and what is not sin. And when you aren't willing to speak out against that, that means that you're tolerating evil. So that that statement, evil preaches tolerance until it's dominant, then it tries to silence good, is a great statement. And what we need to be considering here, going back to this Proverbs 31 wife, the Proverbs 31 wife is doing right things. She is doing the things that her husband trusts her. She's willing to do him good and not evil all the days of her life. So when she is looking at life from the viewpoint of who is my who said so? God is asking me to do this for my husband. It's not a matter of whether I'm going to get anything in return out of this. It's simply, am I doing what God asked me to do? And that's the clear distinction between a person that's doing a great relationships type of lifestyle versus a person that's not. A person that does a great relationships lifestyle is willing to say, you know what, I'm going to do this because my who said so God asked me to do that. I'm not doing it because I'm going to get anything in return from these people. That is not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because God wants me to. Okay, well then let me draw this out just a little bit if I can. The first point is, is great relationships doesn't seek to make what you've got better. Right. It is offering a whole new lifestyle. Exactly. A different understanding. And I think now, am I correct in saying this? 
we hear this, but I don't think we walk it out to what it means in its, its profound understanding, and that is we're really sojourners here. Mm-hmm. This life is not the end game. That's right. This earth is not our home. Right. And I guess it's easier for me to understand because I spent 20 years in the military. Okay. I know what it is to be sent somewhere under authority. That wherever I'm at, I have to eventually answer back okay. to my command right. for what my actions were in this foreign land. And I guess when we come to earth, we don't realize that we're being sent here subject to an authority. That's right. We are here as an apprentice for kingship. You know, that's what we don't realize. I had this wonderful chance to uh, talk to one of my grandsons this last week, talking to him about life. He's in his 13th birthday, and uh, my uh, son-in-law does this great thing from uh, uh, Robert Lewis on uh, uh, knighthood. And uh, anyway, I was presenting to him. Oh, Raising some, a Modern Day that, Knight there you by go. Robert Thank Lewis. You. That's, that's right. It, yeah. It's very nice. And that's one of the key things that we need to be presenting to uh, children all the time. The issue is, are you going to do what God has asked you to do, whether other people around you are doing it right or not? That's, that's a critical distinction for your life. We need to be considering that. What do you mean when you say have it all? When you follow God's word, you will have the real all. You won't necessarily have the world's view of all. You will have the real all. So the very first thing is the husband trusts her. The second thing is diligent homemaker. Oh, my goodness. We're there again. That's exactly what Titus chapter 2 is talking about, to be busy at home rather than busy with a lifestyle. Proverbs 31, 13 talks about she looks for wool and flax and works with her hands in delight. 31, 14, she is like merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. Proverbs 31, 15, she rises also while it's still night and gives food to her household and portions to her maidens. This is all done for the benefit of the home. It's not being done because somehow she's going to get praise for it. She's doing it because this is the role that she has decided to to take. And this also plugs directly back into the trustworthy wife where the husband is the heart of the husband trusts her and she does him good all the days of her life because she is doing what both of them have decided and more importantly what God has decided that he wants her to be doing based on the way that this is stating here and in Proverbs excuse me, in Titus chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. So that's the second element. The third element, oh, there's there's some additional elements in there that I, I forgot to mention. Here's something. Proverbs 31, 16. She considers a field and buys it. From her earnings, she plants a vineyard. Oh, there we are. There's the CEO. There's the, So we can have it all. She's out there buying real estate. She's selling things. She's, she's away from the home. She's doing the things that actually would be like a career. No, not true. The money that she's earning here, what she's doing is all for the benefit of the home. She's doing it for, for the lifestyle of the home from the viewpoint of this is going to benefit the house. This isn't about buying a new boat. This isn't about trying to become somebody that the rest of the world will look at. I'm doing this because the home needs it. That's what is, what's going on here. It's a very different mindset that we would have. We, as the bride of Christ... Isn't this not what's being asked of us as well? Absolutely. As men? Absolutely. 
because we as men are either paying attention to and doing our work all to the glory of God, or we're doing it for our own benefit. It's going to fit the same type of phraseology, the same type of thinking, that if a woman is doing this, having a job so that she can look good in the world's eyes or have a career, that may be in the wrong direction. I can't know. It's going to be totally to be dependent between she and God. Wow. So I'm sitting here as a man and I need to be thinking back to that command mentality. The attribute of a great command is when you don't ask someone to do something that you have not previously done or are willing to do yourself. If you are trying to ask your wife to be submissive to you and you're not submitting to the Lord yourself, that's a bad move. <laughs> <laughs> Again, greatrelationships.com is the website. That's grnumeral8relationships.com. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. We'll be back right after this. Quotes from God's Word for Great Relationships. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Philippians 2, verse 4. Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Relationships can be great, and not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R-numeral-8-relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. listening to Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love, because it takes right thinking for right relationships right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if only it were that easy. Yeah. Well, actually, it is. The issue is, as we've said so many times, this is a new way of doing relationships. And the new way of doing relationships is stop focusing on yourself and pursue the best for others. Just do what God asks you. That's a new relationship. It's not a return on investment. That's just, right. Well, what is it you always say? Learn, apply, serve. serve. Right. Without giving and expecting a return. Well, notice that solution is all about pursuing the best for others, serving others unconditionally, patiently, kindly, sacrificially. That's what it's all about. Okay, well, there's no way in 30 minutes we're going to cover all of a Proverbs 31 woman. And I forgot to say this a little earlier, that all of this material, the way that I pulled it out is from uh, Dr. John MacArthur in his Different by Design, which is a great book, has lots of good information in it. And I really liked how he broke this Proverbs 31. 
31 woman chapter up into these six different elements. I really like that. So we talked about a trustworthy wife, a diligent homemaker. She's also a generous neighbor. She's a generous neighbor, uh, Proverbs 31.20. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she stretches out her hands to the needy. There's that servant mentality again, right? (laughs) She's not only serving in the other capacities about being a diligent homemaker, but she's a generous neighbor. She's not sitting around going, well, what about me? She's sitting there looking at those that are in need and simply saying, I'm willing to uh, take care of them also. So is it possible the Proverbs 31 woman understands you can't outgive or you can't outserve God? Got to be. Got to be. Because there's nobody that is willing to do the solution of the great relationships. Pursue the best for others, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally, without trusting that God is going to take care of them. It's totally dependent upon that foundation. You're never going to pursue the best for others if you don't believe there's somebody going to be taking care of you. (laughs) And that's critical for us. So the fourth element is a wise teacher. 3125, strength and honor are her clothing, and she will rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth in wisdom, verse 26, and verse 26, and her tongue is the law of kindness, not talking about gossip or anything else, the law of kindness. Wait a minute, it didn't say an instrument of the law, it says is the law. Is the law of of kindness, that's right, her tongue. And her tongue is therefore edifying and building people up rather than tearing them down. What a difference. Back to James, in the tongue is the power of life and death. Yeah, so, so different. The fifth element, she's a devoted mother. She is a devoted mother, 3127. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. She's not sitting around just being idle. She is doing something that would be focusing on taking care of the family. 31, 28, and 29, her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Those are some critical critical words that are hopefully something that a wife and a mother would always be seeking to be uh, uh, having said about them. And how can they not when she's always in motion being life-creating or life-giving? Right. And something that is right there in that those uh, those words the husband praises her she is lastly a praiseworthy person all of these things that she's doing because it's what god has asked her to do it's just like what we talk about in titus chapter 2 1 through 8 about a man an uh, older man is to be easy to respect that is the the essence of his actions the people are looking at him and going Wow, he's easy to respect. The same is true in Proverbs 31, that when this woman is doing these things, she is easily praised. She's a praiseworthy person, in other words. That's what that is saying. Proverbs 31:30, charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. That is what a woman hopefully is looking for and hopefully desiring more than anything else, to be praised, not for who she is, but because of what God has asked her to do, and people are seeing that as good. With the time that we have left, what one thing? I really do believe that if you focused on the very question that you ask me, can a woman have it all? Yes, she can have it all. 
not according to the world standard, but she can have it according to the eternal standard if she does the things that she sees here in Proverbs 31 and the things that she sees in Titus chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. That is all. That is everything that a woman would need to have if she pays attention to what she's being asked to do in those particular scriptures. So if you want to go back and, and think about the six elements, the six elements of having it all would be that a woman is to be a trustworthy wife, diligent homemaker, generous neighbor, wise teacher, devoted mother, and praiseworthy person. Wow, what a benefit it would be when a child, and especially the husband, looks at the wife and specifically says, wow, what a woman. Only by God's grace can that ever happen. By God's grace, and it's all possible because of the fundamental choice, sir. That's right. Trust God or trust something other than God. Thank you, Herman. Thank you for being with us. GreatRelationships.com is the website. That's gr numeral 8 relationshipscom We thank you for your prayers and for your support. And do me a favor, today, before the sun sets, share it with someone else. Thank you. God bless you. Until next time. day going, Barbara. I can't even begin to tell you how terrific my life is right now. What a coincidence. My life is just overflowing with blessings too. Why, just yesterday I found a hundred dollar bill on the ground. That's great. I saved a cat that was stuck in a tree and the owner was so thankful that she gave me a gift card to my favorite restaurant, Luigi's. Wow, I was in Luigi's just the other day and saved a man that was choking with the Heimlich maneuver. He was so overjoyed that he gave me tickets to that new play that's been sold out for weeks. That's amazing. I've been wanting to see that play myself. Really? I asked my husband and he didn't want to go. Will you go with me? That would be great. Days like this are too good to be true, but great relationships are possible. Join Herman as he offers you the opportunity to pursue the best for others, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Right thinking, right relationships, right now.